Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. In this episode, we talk to Zach Spackler about Facebook ads. He explains how he recently pivoted in his business, going from course creator to agency. And we also talk, of course, pick Zach's brain uh, because he is so knowledgeable about Facebook ads. We also pick his brain about the latest updates and he fills us in about what's working right now. The algorithm updates are difficult for everyone, um, but if you're doing your own ads or maybe you're thinking of outsourcing because your budgets are increasing and you really want to take it to the next level, I think you're going to find this episode really useful. So let's dive right in. So I'm so excited to speak to Zach Spuckler today. Um, It's actually the third time I'm interviewing Zach, so... Um, I think it was back in 2016 when we, when we first spoke and, you know, Zach has actually pivoted recently. So we'll be hearing a lot about his business journey and all the new things that he has been offering in the last year or so. But thank you for coming on the show, Zach. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You have had a long uh, business journey and you have done a lot of different things um, in the last few years with a special pivot uh, in the last year into into the agency world. And I know that a lot of our listeners have online businesses and you know some of them pivot at some stage. So we're really interested in hearing you know where it all started and how you got where you are today. Absolutely. So my online business journey started really about 12, 13 years ago um, when I first was researching ways to make money online. And I think that's how a lot of us start. We're very driven by this idea of I can make a full-time living online. There's so much opportunity. And I started when I was 13. I was doing everything you can imagine. I did freelance writing. I did website flipping. I did um, direct sales or MLM. Um, so I did, I did a lot of different stuff, but wow. I think that the story that's most relevant here is that about five years ago on February 15th, 2015, um, I started Heart, Soul and Hustle. And my goal with that was basically to show people uh, what I had learned about Facebook advertising from a previous business. And so I was using live streaming. It was a platform called Periscope, very old school now, um, but it was super popular back then. It was before Facebook Live. It was before um, you know Instagram Live and Instagram TV. But what I did was I really just talked to people about what I had learned about advertising. And that kind of snowballed to attracting a lot of new clients. And people started asking me, well, how are you using this platform to attract clients? And, you know, I knew from past experience that the best way to help people uh, at that point in my journey was to package this information up into an online course. And so we created our first online course, which was called uh, Rock Your Scopes, which was how to use Periscope live streaming to attract new clients. Oh, wow. And that became uh, our first six-figure course. Um, we then returned to our roots and created a Facebook advertising course that uh, we took to six figures as well. And then fast forward a couple of years, people were like, well, how are you launching these courses and how are you getting people in? And we were using the power of five day challenges. 
And so we created a course around how we use five day challenges to actually, um, to actually attract people into our offers. And that became a half million dollar plus uh, course. And wow. along that time, we tried all kinds of things. We had a membership, we had a mastermind, we had group coaching, and it was just a lot of experimentation, but it worked so well for us because we were constantly serving our audience in a way that helped them sell more online courses. And that was kind of our specialty. That's what we focused on was helping people get more sales of their online courses and digital offers. And it just worked really, really well for us. Um, and that's where we continued to, to focus for about four years. And after about four years, I just, you know, it was just a big pivot that we decided to make. And I have a mentor that says, you should zig when everyone zags. And I thought, you know, no one is going from one to many to one-on-one. -on -one. And I think this is a great way to serve the industry. I think it's a great way to support people. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to stop creating online courses. I'm going to pull all my online courses and I'm simply going to offer one-on-one -on -one services. And it was a huge shift. It was a huge leap, but we did. We switched from one to many to one-on-one -on -one, and we started serving people in an agency model. We started running their Facebook ads for them. We started supporting them with one-on-one -on -one consulting and um, revenue share consulting. Um, we totally changed what we were doing and it it was, uh, it was a huge shift, but it worked really, really well. And uh, now we serve people exclusively in the agency model and the consultancy model. And yeah, that's kind of where we are today. Wow, that, that sounds like quite a journey. Um, I actually, I remember your first Periscope streams. <laughs> and yes, and also a lot of the other courses. So you started with one too many right away and now you're going actually working um, individually. A quick question about, you know, when you decided to do the jump, uh, was there anything you did to, you know, to, to, to try to understand if it is the right move before you actually jumped in or did you just decide, okay, this is something I got to try? I mean, it was about half and half. I mean, part of me was like, look, I need something different. I need something fresh. I need change. Um, and then the other part of me was like, is this the smart decision? And so before we jumped in head first, we did a little bit of testing. We took on some clients very behind the scenes. We didn't talk about it. We didn't tell people we were doing it. We simply reached out to people that we knew we could support and said, yeah, we do have this thing that we offer. Would you be interested? And so we started slow. We started by building proof of concept. Um, and then from there, we expanded. Excellent. So you, you tested before and you knew you had a, par a portion of your audience that was already interested. That's great because I hear a lot of my clients sometimes are pivoting or they want to drop a part of their business or start a new thing in business and they, they hold back because they're, they're afraid that they're not, you know, they're just going to jump in. So being able to test um, definitely is, is a very important thing. Yes, absolutely. One of the things you would have probably looked at is building a new team. So I imagine a team that supports um, selling online courses is, of course, pretty different to an agency team. So how did that shift work out for you? Yeah, I mean, that shift was very, I wouldn't say seamless, but very simple um, because we knew who we needed. We carried over some of our team. Um, my, my VA, who helps me with personal email and who helps me with scheduling, 
she stuck around and we just briefed her on what was happening. We were just like, here are the changes we're making. Here's what we're doing. You know, are you interested in staying on board? And she was absolutely on board. And then we brought on an ads manager um, and we changed the consultant or the, the contractors that we were working with because we didn't need all the same contract work. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it stayed pretty, it was a pretty simple transition because we figured out what the, the new business needed. We found the people that could support that and we dove right in. <laughs> I think the big thing that I'll kind of throw out there, um, the, the big thing out there is that so many people kind of, they wait to outsource and they wait to figure out what to do and they wait to find the right person and, and they kind of waffle on, you know, that. But the big thing was like, we knew we needed a person. We went out and found someone and then we hired them and worked on getting them integrated into our systems. It's great that you make it sound so painless, if I may, because even to yeah. outsource, you know, something like uh, Facebook ads, which you're on the receiving end of, you know, how very, a lot of people find it hard to understand when is the right time? When do you let go? And finally start working with, with a professional, you know? Um, so yeah. when do you think is the right time for, let's say, an online yeah. coach to, to say, okay, now is time for me to start outsourcing uh, my Facebook ads? You know, there's never really the perfect time. But in terms of when to outsource your ads, I tell people that there's really three qualifications. Number one, you need to have run them yourself. And... I know that so many people resist that. I, I was trying to think of how to phrase it. I know so many people resist that because they're like, well, I could just outsource it or you know, outsource your weaknesses and lean into your strengths. But with Facebook advertising, you know, I've worked with clients who really understand them and I've worked with clients who don't understand them. And I can tell you that the best clients are people who know what's going on and are looking for support. And if you understand the fundamentals, you can have really high level conversations with your ads manager, which makes for a better overall experience versus, you know, not really knowing and just saying, I want to generate a lot of leads. Well, it's like, well, what about your budget? Well, what about your goals? What about your past data? Right. And having that information really supports you in getting results. So that's number one. Number two, you need to have a budget that matches your management fee or higher. So a lot of people jump in and they, they say, you know, I, um, you know, I have $500 a month and I'm going to hire an ads manager. And if your ads manager is 1500 a month, which is not unusual or, Maybe. or even that high, mm -hmm. um, you're spending, a, you're spending more to manage your ads than you're going to make because, <laughs> you know, with your ads, you're looking for like a three on a launch, like a three to six X direct return from ads. Uh, maybe four to six if you're lucky. And, you know, if you're running a funnel, you're looking for a, a two to three return on your funnel. And if you're, if you're spending 500 and you get a three X return, that's $1,500. And if you spent 2000 on ads and management, you lost $500. And so you have mm -hmm. to remember that it's a numbers game. And then the third thing that I tell people is you just have to be ready, willing, and open to testing. So if you're not open to testing and figuring out what's going to work well for you, um, then you're probably not going to get results. You've got to be willing to test and you've got to be willing to test consistently um, because that's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to get you results. That's what's going to change the game is being open to testing new strategies, new copy, new content. So you basically need to have uh, a testing budget, not just Absolutely. an outsourcing budget. Absolutely. Excellent. So you don't get return, of course, for 
for every single buck you spend, you need to put some money forward in the beginning, which makes absolute sense. And I can really relate to the fact that you said, you know, you need to have done them yourself. Um, although probably in terms of, you know, your regular brick and mortar agency, um, they probably would not prefer to work with people, you know, who, yeah. who do what they do. But um, so it, it came as a little bit of a surprise, but it makes absolute sense because yes, if I can hand over my ads, then I am already giving you so much testing material. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you need to like be a, a ridiculously successful or like you just don't have the team capacity. What I'm saying is at least know what sh what the fundamentals are so you know what they what you need right you don't need to understand the ads manager you don't need to understand what buttons to click you don't need to understand everything but if i'm like hey let's track for conversions and you're like i don't know what that means right <laughs> then i you know and it's not that i my mind educating my clients and i do educate my clients as we continue the process but what i tell people is the more you experience and the more you already understand the better position you're going to be in when an ads manager comes to you and says, oh, your pixel's not firing, right? And you're like, I don't know what that means, right? It's like you then have to take them at their word, um, which I'm not saying don't trust people, but I'm saying you have to take them at their word that whatever they're saying is what's happening, is how it's going, and you can't make shifts or adjustments um, based on what you understand. And so being versed in the language and the basics means that when your ads manager comes to you, you can say, yeah, that makes sense. Or no, that doesn't really make sense. Can you explain it to me? And being able to have open dialogue about the stuff that actually like makes a difference to your business is a, a huge, 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 huge weight off your shoulders um, when you really understand that. That's great. It's, it's, it's a great perspective because one of the things actually I, I talk to my clients a lot is not only finding a niche, but also finding sort of the right slice of the niche. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, they got to be the right kind of client you want to work with. And that's, this is exactly what it sounds like to me. It sounds like the perfect, perfect example because they are ready. Um, they are ready and they come to you with the data. Um, but with Facebook ads, you know, we all know there have been a lot of changes. So the platform is not sort of what it was last year. So, you know, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure even uh, our listeners, some people are doing their own ads. Some people are probably already outsourcing. Um, but of course, these big changes mean that you cannot look back at maybe a year or two of history. Uh, so you're always kind of investing forward in testing. So um, how, do you, how do you handle these constant updates? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is being connected to communities and people that are following the updates and tracking the updates yourself. Facebook releases stuff that tells us what they want. So being current with what Facebook releases. Um, but I invest in training. You know, I'm not immune to needing to up my game. I just recently um, invested in some training around Facebook ads where I'm continuing to educate myself. Um, I invested in some training around how to run an agency. So I'm continuing to grow myself. Um, and I think that's really what it comes down to is like, you know, you've, you've got to either invest the time, the money or the energy in learning what's working and, you know, things change. And then the other thing is like being open to testing. So what's really cool about working with clients is that when we have an idea or we have a strategy or we have something we want to test out, 
we don't just do it, right? Because we're not, our clients aren't guinea pigs, but we can come to our client and say, hey, we've got this new idea. We think this might work. Are you open to testing it? And if they say yes, then we have the opportunity to test and see what works. So there's plenty of opportunity for us to, to figure out what's working and figure out what's not working and kind of go from there. Wow, that's, that's great because then you, you can come to a stage where you can, of course, yeah. see how, how things are going to work out and you can predict you know, how much money is going to go into, the, into it and how much money you're going to get back. Exactly. Um, I would like to actually ask you a little bit, maybe a little complex question. You know, sure. sometimes in, in all our businesses, we tend, to come, we tend to come across problems with our clients. So, you know, yeah. for instance, I deal with a lot of people who have difficulty because maybe uh, they have, their clients have uh, a numbers game when it comes to the results. So let, let's say, for instance, um, in your testimonials, you can say that you've helped people get, I don't know, six times return on investment, or maybe you've helped them have, uh, a two dollar per lead uh, price. So, mm -hmm. how do you? And you know, there's always this this question mark, as in, will I be able to achieve these results for the next person? Because it's a total new ball game with a different client. So, um, how do you tackle this from a from a website content point of view? You know, when you're getting testimonials. Absolutely. So we collect testimonials that are based on data, based on what we've done, based on results we've gotten. And the big thing that I tell people is, you know, the results are not the same for everybody. And we learn the standards, we learn what works, we learn what doesn't. And we just communicate that when we're working with a potential client. And I think that that's really important is that it's not about getting the same results for everybody. You're always going to have breakout stars. You're always going to have massive successes. We have one client that just crushes it every time. Um, she ran a membership and she got like $6 for every member who joined the course or, or every member who joined the membership. She spent like $6 to do that. It was like absolutely like crazy conversions. We got hundreds of new members from ads and okay. that probably won't duplicate because she has a crazy social presence. She really works on her business. We're constantly running list building ads and that's not something that every client wants to do. And so when we tell people, like when people ask for case studies or when we share that case study, we make sure to include that information. And I think that that's the big thing is just being transparent and honest with potential clients that, hey, here's the results we've gotten, but we can't guarantee that for you. Here's the average that we see. Here's the results that we're hoping for. Um, and here's how we would recommend moving forward to get even better results. Wow. So you have to basically, uh, it's, it's about the relationship building in the beginning and, you know, being... Yeah. Uh, being honest, which makes absolute sense. Um, right. So the next question is the one that's probably the cheekiest. Um, so we want to pick your brains a little bit. And, you know, we, we all understand you said you've just been on some training. So everybody knows there have been some really big changes um, with Facebook. So I would imagine, that especially the listeners who are maybe at the stage where they're still doing it themselves, um, which big changes should we be looking out for? You know, which ones are really going to make a big difference to the way maybe we set up the ads or our goals? Um, can you help us a little bit with that? Absolutely. So the biggest change that we've seen is that lookalike audiences are breakaway doing so well right now. And a lookalike audience is basically when you tell Facebook, you upload your email list or you target people who watch your videos mm -hmm. and you say, hey, Facebook, I want to target people who look like the people already taking action. 
And that's really simple to do, super easy to set up. You do it in your custom audiences. And those audiences just crush for us with, with most of our clients. And so if you're not testing lookalike audiences, you absolutely need to. And if you would have asked me a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, I'd have been like, eh, lookalike audiences are just okay. They don't do that great. They're not that quality. But they crush it now. I mean, they just, they just kill it. And so it's absolutely worth testing lookalike audiences with your business um, to see if they're going to work for you. And so that's number one. Uh, number two is that cold audiences are more expensive. Uh, it's just a fact. It's just more expensive to target these audiences, especially if you're in the B2B space. Um, that's the other change. And then the third change is that it does require more testing and more content. Um, the more consistent you are with your content outside of advertising, the better your ads are going to do. And it's just that simple. And I tell people all the time and on all of my clients that before we go into a launch or before we go into a major promotion, we want to promote your content. And we want to get your content out there and we want to push that out to more people. So those are probably the big three things that we're seeing right now um, that are a little different than it's been in years past. Wow. Okay. So, you know, one of the things um, I've heard, which, which I believe you just touched on um, is that, you know, you can, you need to warm up your audience more these days. And yeah. what kind of content would you use to warm up your audience a little bit more before, you know, if you're preparing for a launch? Yeah, if you have a visual brand, consistent Instagram posts, Instagram TVs, That's call to action to get people into your DMs for Instagram um, and having one-on-one -on -one conversations. That's going to make a huge difference. And then if you're a less visual brand or you're more Facebook-centric, then I would say live video on Facebook is going to make a huge difference. You can take that live video and promote them as advertisements. Mm -hmm. um, but those are going to be the two big ones. Okay, so, so DM on Instagram, but you didn't mention the the messaging on Facebook is there a reason for that? Uh, the reason that I do that is that like messaging on Facebook is great. Um, there's lots more rules than there used to be, so you can't do as much with your messenger list. Um, however, when people DM you on Instagram, they go into a custom audience on Facebook that you can target. So if you start one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, and then they see your ads. They're more likely to engage with that advertisement. Wow. Okay. That's that's new. That's something I hadn't heard about yeah. before. And I'm pretty sure our listeners at the moment um, have got their ears all popped up because <laughs> it's, uh, that's something very interesting. So yeah, this is something I have heard a lot about, you know, how um, Facebook and Instagram actually kind of watch out for one-to-one -one interaction and how the algorithm seems to pick up on that. So it, does that affect it? affect organic reach as well or is it no, we, we haven't seen it affect organic reach a ton um but i do think that anytime you're creating authentic engagement with your your audience especially one-on-one -on -one, they're more likely to engage with you organically and the more people engage with you organically the higher your reach is going to be so i think it's a natural byproduct of engaging with your customers that you're going to have more organic reach for sure Sounds great. And of course, if you can also target them with your ads, then you can remind them that you're there and what you're about what you're offering. That's great. Exactly. Wow, that, that is really, that's really, truly amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very powerful tool. And, um, you know, not a lot of people are taking advantage of it, but it makes a massive difference to your business. Well, I have... Um, one final question, and this is a question um, that I ask a lot of people, 
And I wanted to ask you, I know that you are uh, maybe more so a few years ago, but you're a prolific content creator and you have created a lot of content over the years. And not only training content, paid content, but also, of course, a lot of online, online stuff. So what was the best piece of content that you ever created? And why do you call it the best piece of content? You know, I think one of the best pieces of content I created was this long form blog post. It was like six or 7,000 words um, called how to get your first thousand subscribers. And I think it was our best piece of content because it did so well in terms of our audience. We didn't have like this massive, massive audience at the time, but we reached over 10,000 people with this piece of content. So that was number one. Um, number two, wow. it did really, really well because it was connected to affiliate links. It was connected to um, mini courses. And so it generated revenue for us. Um, and then the third thing was that it just did so well visually that people raved about it and shared it with their friends. And it did really well on like, um, it did really well on Facebook in terms of getting shares and outreach. So uh, I think that the big takeaway from that is that, you know, some people say like long form content doesn't work anymore. Don't write long form content. But we wrote this piece of content that I truly believe we could have charged for. Um, and it just did so well because we poured into it. We poured into the content. We poured into what we were creating. Um, and people loved it. And I think that that's something to not forget is that quality uh, content that really serves your audience is not going to go away anytime soon. And if you can do that, even better. And, you know, we did that um, multiple times. We had multiple pieces of content that reached over 10,000 people and did super well. Um, and, and a lot of those were around what we were promoting. And so two pieces of content we had that reached over 10,000 people were uh, around our challenges. And so we had two blog posts that we used to promote our automated webinar and that we used to promote our, um, our live launches of our challenge program. And collectively those reached over 25,000 people. And that made a huge difference to our launches, a huge difference to our custom audiences when we were in Facebook ads and a huge difference to um, the way that our audience felt about what we were creating. So, um, you know, just creating consistent content for your business is going to make a huge difference, especially when it's really quality content um, that people want to see and are getting lots of value out of. Absolutely. I'm totally with you it's it's a great story that you then actually use that audience so yeah. all these people you know you actually use that to turn them into facebook ads and to show people your courses yes so that's fantastic and i mean that to me sounds like you know completely taking the edge off off the stress of your launch you know which absolutely is, it's something i'm always looking for <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So Zach, thank you so much for being with us today. Would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can Absolutely. work with you? Absolutely. So if you want to learn more, you can head over to heartsoulhustle.com or you can follow me over on Instagram at heartsoulhustle. Um, if you are interested in working with our agency, there's an, there's an information tab on our website where you can learn a little more about us, the services that we offer. Um, and if you're interested, right on our homepage is a place to fill out an application. So um, during this interview, we talked about what makes you a prime candidate for Facebook advertising. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to outsource or you're just interested in learning more, um, head over to heartsoulhustle.com, fill out an application. Our automated uh, application process is super simple. And then myself or someone from my team will reach out to you and we'll, uh, 
we'll get you on the books for a discovery call. That's great. So head over to heartsoulandhustle.com. And I know I'll be heading over there to check it out because um, I am one of those people who don't want to do their own ads anymore. <laughs> so you'll be hearing from me, Zach. And head over there and check out what Zach can offer. Thank you for listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.